weekend racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. And I'm Mike and you need to put your microphone down. Magic Mike Show, sorry about that. I'm running, uh, trying to cram it in a lunch while we were, uh, had the preview going there. This is episode 363. Florida Derby, huzzah! Oh, how you doing today, buddy? I am doing well. I'm excited. Got a big weekend of racing coming up. I, uh, I'm starting to get uh, almost done with the Florida Derby card. It's it's a fun card. I can't believe who I freaking picked in the first race that we're going to cover, or third race we're going to cover in this sequence, uh, Mile on the Turf. It's, it's a wide open affair. Pretty excited to, to go over that one. And I'm excited to see my boy White Barrio. Uh, we're going to learn a lot on Saturday about quite a few horses. And, and first and foremost is charging White Barrio. I think those are the two headliners for the Florida Derby from a what we will learn. I guess Classic Causeway really deserves to be on that list as well. Um, so it, it's going to be an exciting Saturday of racing as well. Yeah, no hiding this time for Classic Causeway. It's uh, put up or shut up time. But, you know, we'll get more into that. But the fact that he showed up here. Uh, really caught my attention here, but this, yeah, it's this gonna be a fun field. We've or a fun sequence. It's all stakes. Uh, the late pick four goals from the last three are going to be graded and two of them on turf. Thankfully, uh, no synthetic, uh, handicapping, at least for this one, you want to do that. The early pick five, uh, once again, the synthetic haters get out of here. Big day of racing. Gulfstream's doing it right. And the turf course is in great shape. Where are you? Where are you at? Synthetic haters. Come on. I'm not hating it. I'm just saying I'm glad that we don't have to do it for this specific show. But yeah, I know. I'm just I'm talking about all the people, the 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 people on Twitter who are just haters of the synthetics, saying, "Oh, this BS. Gulfstream shouldn't do this." But the turf course, great shape. These big days, we're getting the races we want. We're getting big fields. You gotta gotta admit, it's kind of worked. It did. Hey, listen, it, it's a great field, uh, a great set of fields, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about, Mike. Let's get right into it. Riders up. Get the all-inclusive inside track to the 2022 Florida Derby Wagering Guide, featuring in-depth analysis of every single stakes on the card, including the $1 million Florida Derby. Plus, get race-by-race analysis, betting suggestions, and multi-race plays for the entire Gulfstream Park card. As a special bonus, you'll also get in-depth analysis of the $1.25 million Arkansas Derby and the $600 fantasy stakes from Oak Lawn Park. Major prep races for the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks. All wagering guides are included with any monthly subscription to premium picks from the experts at RacingDudes.com. Learn more at RacingDudes.com. And remember, never play a big day without visiting the Racing Dudes first. All right, Mike, kicking off the All-Stakes late pick for Gulfstream Park on Saturday, April 2nd. The only non-graded race in the entire sequence is the Sanibel Island. Still a great field of 10 three-year-old fillies traveling a mile the 16th on the grass. What better way to kick off the late pick four than the future home of the Samich family? <laughs> Very true, man. I'm excited. We're so, so close. So close. And this is a, this is a great race. Um, 
I went uh, to the rail here with Mischievous Kiss, who I think is going to absolutely trip out. We've got a couple horses that I think are, well, one's horse really specifically, Sensitivity, uh, the four horse, who looks like pretty cheap speed in this spot. So I think that she's going to go out. You're going to see her set the pace. I think Joel gets the absolute perfect stalking trip with the one horse, Mischievous Kiss here, sitting right behind the speed. Uh, I think the pace is going to be interesting in this spot because, you know, Sensitivity stepping up here, going from a maiden win up into like very deep waters in the Sanibel Island here, no pun intended, uh, with some some horses that have run in some nice graded stakes races. So I'm looking for horses that can kind of stalk because outside of sensitivity, there's really no pace. And one of the toughest parts for me was whether or not to include that horse just in case you have that wire-to-wire threat. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about her in a second. I agree with you. Mischievous Kiss wasn't my top pick, but I think is, is still a must-use here. Very classy filly, one-two straight, including a, a, a mile and the 16th turf stakes in New York last fall. She wasn't my top pick because I was a little concerned about that. Here comes the bride. And you could say, all right, she was gone for a little over three months, uh, sorry, four months. So that's why she wandered in the stretch. But she had the, she, I thought that she tripped out in that race. You had Spenderella and, and the cheap speed horse go off early. And she was sitting there in third and was just waiting for them. And they started to come back to her. And Spenderella kept going. And when Mischievous Kiss kicked in at the top of the stretch, she will go off. Then she went in. Then she goes outside. And she bumps with Opalina, who came from, like, way back and kept on going. So second off the layoff, I mean, that's 23% positive ROI angle for Mott. It just that, – that effort there was enough to make me not the top pick here. Yeah, I mean, we have a slight upgrade in the jockey spot. We're going from Brian Hernandez Jr. to Joel Rosario, which I'm hoping solves some of that problem. Also, they, they came home in 23-3 and three in that race. So it, it was tough to close into that final quarter of a mile. And, and so I'm hoping that the second off the layoff, the jockey switch, and the fact that that actually came back a pretty solid race in my mind gives her enough to get over the hump here. And, and like I said, I think it's between uh, the, the one-horse mischievous kiss and the six-horse uh, Shed Nation, who kind of gets the opportunity to trip out here. Because those are the other two horses I think have some tactical speed or should be sitting somewhat close to the pace in this spot. Hopefully one of them is able to get it done from right off the pace. I just realized I completely wrote down the wrong horse here because I was like, man, I can't believe we don't agree. I went three deep and we didn't agree on either of them. Uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah. let's, let's, she wasn't my topic either, but we'll, I'll, I'll save that one for a little bit here. Uh, ambitious. Ambitious. I'm not going to make you say it. I heard Pete Aiello say it. Ambitious. It's perfect. So the eight horse for Graham Motion here uh, at the bottom of the screen. We both like this horse. Um, I like the fact that, that Graham Motion debuted her in a turf route um, immediately with like two turns on the grass. This is what she needs. We're not screwing around. We're not going to try and get that uh, easy early win. We're going to build a good foundation. Uh, she breaks the maiden going two turns on the Gulfstream synthetic, and then she goes back to the Gulfstream Park turf, and she almost beats Opalina, who we just talked about, uh, catch it, almost winning the Here Comes the Bride Stakes. Um, so a great effort, you know, first time facing winners straight into a graded stakes race. Florida Oaks, I'm not quite sure what happened. I don't know if it was the good going on that turf course, if it was she didn't like Tampa. I didn't like Manny Franco's ride. I watched back this morning the replay to that. And he was fighting her for most of the race, and she was in yep. between horses. And as soon as he was like, okay, go, go, she looked at him and said, fuck off, and just kind of like <laughs> tanked. And she's like, I've been trying the whole time. Now you want me to go? No. So, you know, now we've got Luis Saez, who I, I know is not going to fight a horse. If, if, if the horse is going, he's like, just go. We'll go. We'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, m motion is, is shown a lot of faith in this horse. So that's why I liked her. Did I miss anything for you? No, I mean, I 
I'm just going to throw out that Tampa race. And to me, it was just too bad to believe that the really slow fractions early. They ran pretty fast late. I agree with you. She just had absolutely no interest in running when Manny asked her. I think that she probably could have been a little better. And you had the good turf. So there's a bunch of different excuses that you can make for the horse. I'm willing to make all of those and just kind of draw a line through it. Uh, I'll be interested to see what the morning line is when this comes out. We don't have the morning lines yet. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what prices we're getting. And I'm, I'm I don't think MBU is going to get that heavily bet. I'm worried that Mischievous Kiss may be bet pretty good here. Um, I actually used the horse right to the outside, too. My Philly twirl. I ended up going 40 by my 50-cent ticket. Uh, I singled up in the $5 ticket, but I did go 40 up here in the 50-cent ticket. And my Philly twirl is another one that I think has the opportunity to just absolutely trip out. Um, I'm guessing this horse is going to sit right to the outside of the one horse in that second pack right behind the lone leader. Uh, I like the fact that we get um, Leperu up for Walsh. Walsh been doing very, very good at this meet, specifically on turf. Uh, so love having him here. This horse seems to be tuned up and ready to go. Ran really well winning last time out in a mile 16th over this course at the $75,000 non-winners of one allowance level. Uh, has tactical speed, but doesn't need the lead. I, you know, I'm going to take a shot here. I think this is one of the more wide open races in the sequence. So I'm going to end up going 40 here. I'm going to go one six eight nine to kick it off in the 50 cent ticket. Our buddy, horse guy Mike, who uh, was at one point a, a serious threat in the Racing Dudes Bracket Tournament Challenge. I don't, I think he <laughs> fell off a little bit. I'm not throwing shade at you. You had a great start there, Mike. But anyway, Mike said rain expected for Saturday, and he is local, so he's letting us know it could have another good turf situation here. So again, for Ambushus, uh, if that was, if you're worried about the good turf maybe being the issue, I'm with Mike. Just throw that out. There were a lot of issues, but uh, something to consider, and thank you for that, Mike. Um, my top pick, there it is, Dr. Tang. The two, Beach Nut Trophy for Safi Joseph Jr. She's kind of sneaky here, I think. we're Again, we're working without the morning line. If she pops up at like 5 to 2, I'm like, well, there goes my what I thought was sneaky. But uh, you've got a, a, a granddaughter of Kitten's Joy who didn't try turf, tried synthetic two times. But again, like Amber Shoes, Safi was like, we're putting you in two turns because that's what one turn, you are not fast enough for that. So two turns on synthetic, almost gets it done the second time, goes to turf, gets the job done. We come back uh, three months later, three and a half months later. Jose Ortiz is now riding. We're in an optional claiming event, and the horse wins by a length. If you watch that replay, dude, six lengths the best. She had she had to go outside, inside, outside. But unlike when we saw that happen with um, uh, Mischievous Kiss and the Here Comes the Bride, this horse was doing it as she was progressing. There was a four-wide wall of horses. She went outside, dove to the rail, and what she could have won by six lengths instead of one. So... I love her here. I, again, I don't know what price we're getting, but she has a very nice progression with the speed figures. Uh, Safi Joseph Jr. bringing her along very well. So um, I'm going to use her. But again, we had 18 to 1 when she broke her maiden and then 7 to 5 last out. So what odds do you think I'm going to get on Beach Net Trophy? I'm not sure. Um, I, probably the 4 to 1 range. That would be my guess. Somewhere around there. My issue is that race is really not good. The one that she's coming out of, uh, the horse that ended up running second in that race has never won on turf. The horse that, uh, the two horses that were sub five to one outside of her, uh, not great. I mean, the, the previous high buyer for the American heroine, who was the, the shortest price, was a million dollar war front in the Clamont barn. So not, not knock her too hard, but was 61 before that race. So not a ton of talent in that race. <laughs> Uh, I agree with you. The trip was definitely brutal. She was much better than them. But now the question is going to be, how is she going to compare to these horses um, when she's got to really take a step up in class? Mike, I could have sworn you in Florida. I'm sorry. He's in Arizona, which is like if you're a horse racing fan, that's one of the worst places to be. They, they got they got they're trying to they're killing horses on the track and they're trying to kill horse racing in the state legislative board. I'm sorry, Mike. That's a bad spot to be. Uh, Dennis in the chat. 
Wow, Mike, and I agree. When when me and the Samo man agree, it normally goes very poorly. So, um, <laughs> Dennis, oh, get was, off the horse. <laughs> it, it was the one nine, it, it especially. But yeah, he likes shit and the six. Man, he is he is not yeah. doing you any favors. Uh, my yeah, feeling. I, I need the eight to get home. Last <laughs> option. <laughs> hey, listen, that you and I are with her. That's fine. Um, for, for me, and then we can move on. I, I didn't love the fact that. Uh, there seems to be some other speed in here, but I didn't think that my Philly Twirl really took a big step forward uh, from the main win to the next one. The main win I thought was pretty impressive. Uh, she she had a shorter field. She did what she needed to do that second time out, but it didn't make me think kind of like what I saw with Beach Nut Trophy. Visually, I was like, well, that's nice. Again, you bring up a good point. Beach Nut <laughs> Trophy should have looked that good if she yeah. wants to try and win this race. Uh, but yeah, that's my point of Philly Twirl. Two horses to talk about real quick, and then we can move on. Sensitivity. Uh, neither of us used, but looks like a potential gate to wire threat. And if she pops up at 20 to one, I'm going to throw her on here because she was 31 to one on debut, but she went gate to wire. The problem is Mike, that was a debut win. And now we're facing like stakes winners in this race. Like not, not stakes horses, stakes winners in this race. So that for me, this is way too much of a jump for a barn that is not known for doing this at all. So that's why I said, no, what about you? Yeah. I mean, it, look, the, the, the price, obviously, 31 to 1 last time out. Uh, you know, beat a, beat a sub, even money favorite in Ultima Copa in that spot. Um, but the, then you look at the fractions, and that's really what got me off. It, you went, went six furlongs and one fourteen. That that really takes all everything out of the equation. Because when you're going that slow at Gulfstream, you'd have a chance at holding on going a mile. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of ridiculous how slow 114 is. And so when you see that number come up, you kind of just kind of shake your head. And you're like, all right, well... Even if she goes 114 against this group, that means you're going to have a, a graded placed horse, graded stakes placed horse within a half length of you. Are we sure she's going to be, out, be able to outkick those horses coming for home? I just I think the answer is no, because you, you'll have both the one and the nine within a half length of the seven or six. I'm sorry, of the four. If she goes 114 and I just I don't trust that, that she can hold that caliber of horse off in her second career start. I will point out that the uh, sensitivity went 114.71, 144.44. My Philly Twirls win last out 114.91, 145.22 over the same distance. A lot yep. slower. A lot slower. Um, variance was significantly worse for my Philly Twirls. That's why I hate race times. Like there are certain aspects of it where I just like hmm. there's there's certain things where it just doesn't pay off to me. The variance, or I'm sorry, the the race conditions the track conditions were 27 when you look at my philly twirl and they were 18 when you look at sensitivity so the track was playing significantly faster that that number the higher it is the slower the track is playing on that day when you compare it to other races so the my philly yeah. twirl day the track was playing significantly slower from that that specific number i think it's it's fine if you want to compare on the same day but these were two almost two weeks apart and you're right mike i never think to look at uh look at that spot um the other one to talk about where is oh the seven hail two uh do you know who hail two's older brother is uh it's oh man we always we've talked about this horse like five times and every time you ask me that question every time i get it wrong i don't know i'll go with like saddler's joy or something i don't know stay tuned we'll answer that question later second oh, leg of the late because we're going to talk about him in a different race is it wolfie uh i will okay so you know wolfie's is a half brother to saddler's joy so you yeah that's, that's you have named both of her half brothers. Yes, congratulations. Yes. We'll move on. <laughs> Second leg of it might. This is a, hopefully this isn't going winning. Mike does over uh, about Gulfstream <laughs> on Saturday. Second leg of the All Stakes. Uh, goal, uh, late pick for at Gulfstream Park Saturday, April second. It's the Grade Two Gulfstream Park Oaks with either six or seven three old fillies going. We don't really know what's going to happen with Katish yet. The two horse or Kaddish, but doesn't matter. All eyes are on the seven horse. Your more morning line favorite at uh, what is she? She's four to five. 
It's Mike Samich's absolute favorite Philly. Throw up the O for <laughs> Kathleen O. Are you singling her? Um, so this is interesting because I, I am on the $5 ticket. And on the 50-cent ticket, I'm going to go too deep. The only way Kathleen O gets beat, I'm really cursing her here, is if the two-horse Katish goes wire to wire. So I have the two on my 50-cent ticket just in case, even though we don't know if the two is going to be running here. So to me, this is between the two wiring the field or the seven destroying the field. Uh, if the two comes out, I have to kind of reassess if anyone can wire the field because that puts another kind of variable in here. But to me, this is the question is whether or not Kathleen O is able to get the distance. I think the answer is a hell yes on that one. I'm not that worried about it. Uh, she looked amazing in the Devona Dale. I think she's going to look very good. And, and honestly, like not a bunch of world beaters here, right? Like this isn't exactly the toughest field to take out. I would say that the field she faced in the, the Devona Dale was tougher than this one, um, at least when they were going into the race coming out of it, it has not looked as great as it did going in. Um, but I, I think she absolutely rolls again on Saturday. I think this is probably your, your most likely single on the whole card for pretty much every late sequence, the pick four, the pick five and the pick six. Um, and it's a horse that I, I, I love. I think she's awesome. She's my pick right now for the Oaks. Uh, we'll see if that's the same thing on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. We'll see Saturday uh, after the race is over. Uh, Mike, you and I saw this exactly the same way. We both went to seven here for the exact same reason. Uh, but my, thinking was how does Kathleen O get beat she has another one of those bad breaks and now we're going two turns and when you have a horse that has a certain amount of kick going one turn you stretch them out to two they don't usually carry that with them and so if she goes two turns and she breaks slowly in his last and Kaddish Katish whatever the hell the two horses name is if she gets off on a loose lead because I'm with you I think this is your pace setter drawn inside of anyone else that might have other speed really sneaky chance here and not also not the second choice I want nothing to do with goddess of fire at 19 to one, not nine to five. So six to one third choice. Um, the big question, if you're not aware uh, that we're alluding to, she's cross-centered in the Bourbonette Oaks at Turf, or sorry. Yeah. Bourbonette Oaks at Turfway Park on Saturday. Um, that race is, she has a much worse draw. I think she's like drawn post 11. There's a lot more Phillies in there trying to get the Kentucky Oaks points. that are worth half as much as what she could earn for racing in this spot against six other horses. And probably four of them have no shot of beating her. So all that to say, I think this is where she, she runs. I think so, too, because Irad took them out. That's the yeah. other part of this. Because Irad decided to say, hey, I'll, I'll ride, and it's Jonathan Thomas, and he, you know, he's got horses up at Saratoga, and he's one of those trainers that will want to have Irad later. I think that because he got Irad here, because of the draw, that she ends up here. And she's, she's a player. I mean, like, like you said, if Kathleen O doesn't break well, she gets to go 48 up front. She could wire this field. Uh, Jonathan Thomas, her trainer, uh, had 10 wins uh, or has 10 wins so far this year. Nine of them have come at the meet at Gulfstream Park. He is very strong, 24%, 26% right now at the meet, so really clicking along. Uh, but, yeah, we definitely want to say uh, – we want to have Kaddish come here. Aaron, come in with a hot take. If the two stays or comes in – stays in or comes out, I have a gut feeling that the seven wins. So, uh, yeah, there it's you a, go. There's a hot take at four to five. <laughs> now extend that out for 20 minutes. That's blinkers off later tonight. Yeah, I, I do got to say, yes, Alex. I love it. I know I, I had this horse too. Is a, a, I think it was First six off, one, seven one. First off, Asmussen on turf is a true angle. People need to start respecting this thing, man. When it leaves the Asmussen barn and goes on to turf that first time out, you got it. You got to watch it. And uh, Miguel Vasquez, great ride there. He, he, he rode that horse very, very well at the seven and the 10 go and then swooped right to the outside. I love it. Third leg of the All-States, late pick four at Gulfstream <laughs> Park on Saturday. No, I didn't have anything to add to that. I'm not watching. Uh, April 2nd, uh, back on the turf here. Speaking of which, we'll see if we have – I don't think we have any first time off the ass mans here, but it is the grade three Appleton Stakes. We've got nine older males 
going a mile on the turf. I thought of the of the races in the sequence easily. This was the toughest one of the four to handicap. Did you think it that way too? Yes, I uh, I did, and I cannot believe the two horses I'm picking here. I mean, this was just an absolute for me. Like this, this is one of those where I wish I didn't know the names of the horses when I was handicapping because I am 100% bias in this spot, and and I I was able to I believe get through my bias here. Um, look, this horse or this race has a ton of speed in it, a ton of speed in it. Um, I'm glad he cashed out. Fifteen dollars on that horse was crazy. Uh, if this this race has a ton of speed in it, and so it's like okay. I love Wolfie's Dino Ghost with all my heart, right? And I, it's tough spot here because you got Grace Fable that wants to go. You've got uh, just a handful of horses that I think show speed. I think Fan of Courtesy probably goes. I mean, did you see the workouts from Fan of Courtesy? This is the first off the layoff here, uh, off almost a year layoff. Fifty-seven flat. Yeah, <laughs> for, for, for a long flat. Like so, you've got a ton of speed here that we're going to see in this race. The one horse that's got like speed. There, there's two horses that have sneaky speed that can sit right behind and still have a kick. And it's English B and Noble Indy. And I picked English B so many times on this show. And I'm going to put English B on top again because English B should really trip out here. And please just get it done one time for me, English B, because you should be able to beat this field. Um, I'm going to put English B on top. I think English B is going to sit probably third or fourth, right behind the speed. Noble Indy is going to be right around that same spot. They're going to be the two running from closest. And I don't want to be closing from the absolute clouds going a mile on the turf at Gulfstream or else Scarlet Sky would be higher up in my list here. I'm going to go with the one and the nine as the must-uses, and I'm going to put those two on my $5 ticket. I kept going back so many different times going, wait, this is a mile? Because when I was handicapping this, and granted, this was about 11 o'clock last night when I first did my pass, but I kept going, it's a mile yeah. the 16th, right? No, no, it's a mile. It's a mile the 16th, it's, right? No, it's a mile. It's God. a mile. It's a mile. Yeah, I know, Chris. It is close to intervention time with me, English B. I'm not going to lie. It's close. <laughs> Listen, if it is for you, it's going to be for me because English B is also my pick. <laughs> yeah! Uh, listen, three of his five turf wins have come at a mile. He's cutting back to a mile. He hasn't done a mile in a really long time. He's got tactical running style, which he's going to need because he's in post nine going a mile on the turf course. Uh, but he's also got a great jockey who's back aboard. We finally have a smart jockey back aboard who knows how to handle his tactical speed without trying to take out over half the field to get the job done. So as uh, classy as anyone, great connection. The breeding is fantastic, though you you really would think a mile, longer than a mile is better. But hey, listen, breeding is weird. Sometimes, you know, this could be a dirt sprinter. So you never know. But yeah, I'm with you on English B. Listen, I went four deep and three of them you have on. You want to talk about Phantom Currency next because you touched on it. That five furlong work four days ago going 57 flat. I mean, that's why I rads on, right? He never rides for Lynch unless the horse is live because he's three for three for Lynch in the last two years. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the combination of that work. It's the combination of IRAD. And then, the like, the whole body of works, too. If you just keep, like, keep looking over it at the different workouts for Phantom Currency, we got three bullets out of the last six. And it's not like the others are slow. And you know why the two of the other three aren't bullets? It's the only horse that worked at seven furlongs that day. So the, 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 it's a really interesting work tab from Walsh here where you have five furlong work is kind of the tune-up work, mm -hmm. which is much longer than the general like three to four furlong tune-up work. And then you have these, these seven furlong turf works where he's going 12 or sub 12 in those. So still very fast for those races. I, this is clearly a horse where they're like, okay, we got to make sure we're bringing this horse back in shape. The, the, the goal is to win this race. This horse is 100% tuned up for it. Ah, man, these, the works are just, it's impressive and it's, it's a really unique tab again. So I couldn't leave the seven off as much as I wanted to off this layoff. 
Yeah, I'm, and I'm hoping we get a good price on him because he's actually never been favored in his entire career. So maybe we'll get a good price on him. We have. I think I think he's the favorite. You do. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, all I mean, right. I mean, who's the favorite? Uh, honestly, this I is know. where someone was giving Pete Aiello shit about morning lines. Good luck at making this morning line. This yeah. one is like wildly difficult. I, I'd like. I, I think Phantom Currency is probably the favorite based off the works, but. I, I don't know. Yeah, I I shoot. I don't know either. This is this is a mess of a. I was gonna say English B, but that horse was double digit or nine to one is above his last four starts. So, yeah, it's probably not gonna be. Easy. This is a crazy one. Um, let's keep going here because the other one that we agreed on, uh, we talked about Wolfie's Dyna Ghost. Um, I think he's probably got a, a great shot. Here's the thing: I actually think Wolfie's Dyna Ghost wins this if he doesn't set the pace. Because if you look at his form when he tries to go get to wire. It doesn't actually work out for him. Um, three of his four wins, he was second or third half of a mile into the race. I think with a lot of speed in here, if Jose Ortiz is smart and sets back, I mean, you know, save ground right behind whoever's leading into that first turn, I think that's his best shot to win, which is odd to say because you think this horse is just all speed, but his wins, he needs to be right behind you and wait for you to shit out, and then he goes by you. Yeah, I, this is one of those spots where, like, you love Wolfie's on the lead, and he has the fastest early time form rating, so he's supposed to be on the lead, I guess. But, like, I don't think it is the best for him either. I think sitting second or third here is probably where he wants to be. The pace in this race is, is to me, by far the most decisive factor in who actually wins the race. Um, I, I'm hoping that Wolfie stays off it. I'm including Wolfie's Dino Ghost on the 50-cent ticket, not going to include him on the $5 ticket. Uh, this is a tough spot for Wolfie's Dino Ghost because it's just that win on the synth was huge. Um, I just don't know if he can replicate that performance against this group. Um, did you you use uh, Scarlet Sky, the two horse, right on your fifty cent ticket? You want to talk about that because James brought up Sugar McGahey going for two in a row here with Scarlet Sky. Yeah, I include Scarlet Sky mainly because I I wanted someone who was going to be closing here, and this is this is like your only deep closer in the field. Really, the one has some early speed, the three has some early speed, the six has some early speed, seven has early speed, nine has like. There's a bunch of horses that want to be forwardly placed. They could absolutely fly this first quarter. Uh, and, and Rosario uh, is, is very good at closing. Scarlet Sky has won at this track, has won at this distance. So I'm not worried about that as much as I would generally be. The question is how far back is Scarlet Sky going to be? You don't want to be making up 10 to 15 lengths on the Gulfstream Park turf going a mile. That's my main concern with Scarlet Sky. But I, I feel like you almost have to include this horse because of all of the speed that's signed on here. I forgot about this. Uh, horse guy Mike brings up Phantom Currency. Three starts back was 155 to one. Maybe we get that. Yeah, that was the grade one Clark where he somehow was a length and a half of, ahead of Bodie Express at the half mile pool. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, you wonder why he finished last by about 83 lengths. I think that's why he was somehow ahead of Bodie Express by a length and a half, uh, half a mile into the race. Uh, I think we exhausted uh, the other one I was going to talk about, the eight Carpenters call, I think will be a short price. I'm not using, probably not you either because. Hey, great Tampa form. We ain't at Tampa. It's also a massive step up. I mean, this horse last time out was 32,000 non-winners of two. Before that, 25,000 non-winners of one. You look compared to like English B, who's back to back to back, graded stakes. You look at Phantom Currency, grade two, safe conduct, grade two, Grace Fable, grade two. Uh, it, this is just a, a massive step up here. Yeah, all, I mean, his, his form completely turned around once he hit the turf in Tampa for the first time. He's undefeated in three starts, and, and his buyers have, you know, improved each time, but... Yeah, this is there's too many things happening. I I appreciate the ambition. Could very well hit the board. Uh, you're not there. You need too many things to go right for you to uh, to win this race. And speaking of that, there's a lot of horses. In fact, I'd say about seven or eight of them 
need everything to try and go right if they want to win the Grade 1 Florida Derby, the final race of the Late Pick 4 sequence, Saturday, April 2nd at Gulfstream Park. Our boy Wood Barrio is the uh, not the favorite, the second choice at 3-1. to one. Simplification, uh, second to Wood Barrio, two starts back, wins the Fountain of Youth. He's your 5-2 to two favorite. Of course, we both have Wood Barrio on top, right? Yep, yep. Going to put Wade Barrio on top. I mean, if you've watched the Mike, Magic Mike show for, for a while, if you've watched any of our live shows, if you watched the draw for the Florida Derby, you know where, where I was headed here. Um, I, I think Wade Barrio absolutely trips out. We showed the, the the Holy Bull when we were watching. We watched back the Holy Bull on the draw show. And, like, everyone's, well, you know, Wade Barrio got the perfect trip. You know what? Wade Barrio's going to get the perfect trip again. It, like, there's he makes his own trip. That's what I love about this horse. Kind of reminds me of Tis the Law in that sense where – Got the tactical speed where if no one wants the lead, he can go get it. If people want the lead, he can sit right behind him and go right around him. Um, so I, I feel like this sets up extremely well for him. I think Classic Causeway inserting himself into this race was a huge plus for White Barrio because now you have someone who wants to go with Charge It and allows White Barrio to sit right behind the two of them. Uh, and it, you know he's going to be able to swing wide, three wide going into the, the final turn and make his move. And then it's going to be whether or not you know Simplification can run on from the back and if Classic Causeway and or Charger can hold him off. And... To me, I want jump on way to on, on simplification, which I think we'll get. We'll get that first jump, and I, I, I mean, we, we can talk more about each of the contenders. I have a question for you that I think is a little bit interesting, but to me, it's it's classic Causeway that I'm most worried about. Way to Barrio not being able to get by, and this why is the only other horse you use in your fifty cent ticket. And I went three deep here, and then that's exactly why I used him as well. Along with the fact I kind of touched on it before, but this is a horse that as soon as he wins the Tampa Bay Derby, Brian Lynch was said, yeah, we're going to the bluegrass. We all hypothesized, Yeah. You go to the bluegrass, one final start, get you ready for the Kentucky Derby. This horse was working so well. He's banging down the door that Lynch said, no, no, we're going to run him a week early in the Florida Derby, which is already without classic causeway, possibly the most difficult Derby prep of the year. All of those things happened. And Lynch went, yes, we're still going to run. I'm like, fuck, I'm worried now. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, and it's it's one of the reasons I think, you know, and this is the buyers seem low on Classic Causeway if you're using DRF to handicap. The time form is does not agree with the Tampa Bay numbers. I personally went back and timed the Tampa Bay Derby, and I, I understand why the buyer and the time form numbers are different. That The time is wrong in the Tampa Bay Derby. The run-up is ridiculous in the Tampa Bay Derby. It wildly affects what that number comes back at as a buyer. That's why the time form numbers are significantly better. Um, you mentioned as well on that that. Uh, the draw show that that classic cause was trying or someone mentioned on the draw show that classic cause was trying to learn how to rate james brings that up here do you think this with points in hands is a, a chance to sit chilly behind and be able to kind of make that move around the turn i think if he doesn't draw the two that's definitely possible since he draw the drew the two classic causeway is going right oh yeah absolutely and, and again if you uh go back to watch that actually you know what i'll pull it up here in a second i'm going to pull down the uh this stream here because it is really important to just watch this the replay of the Tampa Bay Derby. Um, it, it's just incredible that the the, um, the the break that Classic Causeway ends up getting uh, to come out of yeah, the, he, the gate. He catches an absolute flyer out of the gate, and then you know the, the the thing is is that the really the only other horse that I think is is true speed in this spot or the or horse that can go with Classic Causeway is going to be um, uh, the the six horse charge it here for the Todd Pletcher barn. 
but you look at those two charger races now, and this is this is a problem for me. Volcanic comes back, and Volcanic runs in the Grade One temp, or the, in runs in the Sam F. Davis uh, faces faces Classic Causeway gets beat by four lengths pretty easily. Really, I mean, I don't think the Classic Causeway was all out in that one. So then you go, okay, well, let's look at Charger's other race where he's able to break his maiden, and let's see how that goes. And you kind of you click over to that one, and you're like, okay, enough already. Touch code, Logico. We covered this race and talked about all these horses. You've had some of these horses run it back. None of them have won. And so now I'm getting a little concerned that, that Charge It isn't exactly all that in a bag of chips. And if Charge It's not all that in a bag of chips, it means that Classic Causeway is going to have, you know, it may get pace pressure, but it means that Way to Barrio is, not gonna, is going to be able to get by Charge It. And then it's just Classic Causeway who's softened up by Charge It. Here's the, uh, if you're watching the, uh, the, the live stream, thanks for joining us. Here is the, the break. And watch how quickly the four horses out in front. And he's on the lead. And he's gone. And he's gone. Yeah. And the gate's it, open and he's gone. <laughs> it, it literally looks like he cheated and got, I got like a length head start on this, this field. It's, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's just, it looks like a Wesley Ward turf horse going five furlongs, like a golden pal break at the, at the breeders cup where he just, he gets loose. And I would expect the same thing. Now, if depending on where he draws in the Derby, you may see classic Causeway try to rate because you've got some other horses specifically um, coming out of California, coming out of New York that, that may have more natural speed than classic Causeway early. So we'll see if if they try to rate him in the Derby. But, you know, here in the Florida Derby breaking out of the two posts, I don't see how you do it. Yeah, that that image I showed up there that you don't if you if you wanted to rate you break like that and then you rate, you should be punched in the face by the trainer and everybody who bet money on you to try and win that because that's the dumbest decision you could have ever made. Um, let's go back to the chat. There's some thoughts here. Um, uh, so who, who's your third horse real quick? You said you oh, went three deep. Yes, we'll do that. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, simplification for the simple. And I don't like this horse and this is chalk. This is so damn chalky. I'm going to, you know, the top three choices here, but I really think there's a decent chance I can beat Kathleen O in the Gulfstream Park Oaks. And I'll be damned Mike, if I'm sitting here sweating out like, Hey, I beat her. I beat Kathleen O. This thing is going to pay buckets simplification sitting there, a horse that I have not been high on. And sometimes this is a horse that I almost get too low on that. I can't see the forest for the trees. And it beats me. And I'm like, I am not letting this horse beat me because enough people who are smarter than me like this horse. Listen, man, I, I'm going to pay the extra money and chalk out and put them on my ticket. It's ironic. Um, might have the most upside when you actually think about it, because think well. Let's, I know where you're going. Glad the horse hasn't broken well in two starts. Last yeah. two starts. Yeah. Let's say the horse breaks well and is right with White Abario to the inside behind the, the two leaders. And let's say simplification learns how to change leads down the lane. Yeah. Two two things that could create a massive step forward that we have not seen yet from simplification. You, you could make the argument that simplification has the most upside if you get a better trip, which he's not in the last two. Although I would blame simplification for the trip, much like I give White Abario credit for his trip. Simplification is causing his own problem. So to say that's going to change isn't to me, a, a predictable outcome, right? I would more, I would be more lean more toward predicting he'll have problems again or have to go six wide again, than he's going to trip out because of what we've seen. So to me, the simplification has the most upside. I'm just not sure he'll achieve that upside in this start. He's, uh, I just realized he's in five starts. He's never missed the board in dirt. Um, he, his debut, he debuted on synthetic and, and didn't hit the board, but otherwise he, uh, he got it there. So yeah, that's my. Uh, did you? You said you had a question. Did you want to ask that, or did you want to go through the chat first? You had a. I think it's going to suck now because I think we're going to have the same answer. If you had three to one on the four favorites to not hit the board, which one would you take? I think we're both taking charge it, right? 
Oh yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he seems way too much speed and quit. And, and a big reason uh, Chris brought up is that Pletcher's made a great stakes numbers really bad. I mean, it, if he'd had that, if he, I think Pletcher's mad that he didn't win that 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 debut because if he wins that debut, well, everything's open. You've got one mile allowance, mile and seventy yard allowance. You can go anywhere with him. It's like shit. Now we got to do this. It's like command performance. You got one shot. If you don't do it, you know. well, the the counter to that would be why didn't you just go to a mile allowance? Like. What difference does it make if the horse is a maiden or not at that point, right? It's true. Because I mean, you know you're going to stakes races for this horse, so the, the conditions aren't as relevant as a horse that you're worried can't get to the, the greatest stakes level. Running an N1X, N2X for the money, it's not that big of a concern because you know you're going to the greatest stakes anyway. So uh, to me, that, that's kind of a, a weaker argument from the Pletcher side if you're saying, well, we ran into a maiden special weight because he was eligible. If you thought the growth was going to a different race, go to the other race. <laughs> Uh, let's go with, uh, where is it? Steve's comment here. Did Papa Cap hate fairgrounds and any shot here on a new surface? Actually not a new surface. He won his debut, uh, over this dirt. And if you don't remember that, it's cause it was, uh, what? Eight months ago. Oh, I'm not joking. It was eight months ago. It was July last year when he did it. Um, I don't think it changes his chances. It was of May winning. last year when he did it. It was what? May. Oh shit. I, May I 14th. Was... Wow. Yeah. Oh no. He won the, uh, the best. The best pal in July. That's what he won in July. Wow. So it's been 10 months since he won at Gulfstream. Uh, I think the best chance that he has is third. I think it's an okay chance, but I think that's his best chance is third here. What about you? Um, yeah, I am slotted in at fourth right now. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't think Papa Cap has a shot at winning the race. I, I think that he would... Look, Papa Cap's the most dangerous when he is either on the lead or right off it and is able to make a nice run. The problem is that there are multiple horses in here that are better at better being Papa Cap than Papa Cap is, right? They, they, they are better at his style. And so it, it would be tough. He'd need multiple horses not to fire here to be able to win. And honestly, that's one of the, like, the beauties and the kind of the crappy part about the Florida Derby this year. You need four horses to not run their A race for anyone else to win. If any of those four horses run their A race, it's better than any of the other seven horses A race, right? So when we talk about, you know, ticket structure and sequences and beating favorites, things like that. You can have an eight race. Like Kathleen O's race is a great example. If Kathleen O doesn't win, it's an upset. Doesn't matter who it is. It's a price. Here you have, that's a seven horse field with one heavy favorite. Here you have four horses that'll be about the same price. You're kind of forced to pick and choose between them if you want to be able to create an advantage for yourself outside of this structure. So to me, it, it's tough to go more than two deep here. You maybe can push three deep if you're not in love with Kathleen O, and that's kind of your argument for why you want to go three deep. I think going four deep and using the four favorites here really puts you behind the eight ball from a ticket sequencing perspective. Absolutely. And I really, I mean, normally I wouldn't even use freaking simplification. I would have just gone with the, what you did to go two seven, but I'm, I'm purposely done this, this. I'm calling this a special situation. <laughs> I'm going to uh, do that. Well, listen, Papa Cap, I think Aaron said it on the, either we were live or it was right when we got off, but he said, uh, they interviewed Mark Cassie after the draw for the Florida Derby, and he said basically said he's here because he doesn't know what else to do with the horse right now, can't figure out what's wrong and why he's going backwards. And uh, Block Party, I saw you brought up why he's being dismissed. We're all dismissing everybody who's been in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. That race has come back beyond shitty. The only horse that's won was Pinehurst, and you did it in the Saudi Derby. So, like, that doesn't really count. So um, you've got that to be concerned about. Yeah, just uh, so many concerns here. So many concerns. So anyways, I asked Jared this question with a preview. The full preview uh, at racingnews.com will be available shortly after this live show is done. And I asked Jared on that, how many horses from this race go to the Kentucky Derby, Mike? 
Because I'm going to say five. You really? Have, you can have five horses. So I right. think everybody comes out of this okay. Classic Causeway's in. Simplification is in. Agree, Papa, agree. Cap is, Papa Cap is in. Agree. I think it's four. I think I don't think Charger hits the board. I think Charger runs like seventh year. Oh, we're not talking about that horse. Who got going third? Captain? Who got third in the Fountain of Youth Stakes? If he gets fourth in this race, which he very well could do, he has enough points to go in the Kentucky Derby. And it's one of those. It's the same trainer that had Bodie Express. It's Gustav Delgado. Yeah, I don't think I don't think O Captain's getting fourth in this race or third in this race though. I mean, he, he'd have to. Fourth will do it. Fourth would do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe then. Maybe, but I, I think it's going to be tough for him to get fourth. I would take Strike Hard over O Captain personally. Like Strike Hard would be the long shot if I was. Uh, ironically, I think Clapton even would has a like outside chance of being a superfecta type blow up horse. Although I don't expect either of those horses to be able to get into the top three. Like those would be the the keying in fourth place spot where like you know you you play seven with uh two three with two three and then you put bombs in that four spot and you leave out charges kind of how i'd attack the super and you know it'd be clapton it would be probably the one strike hard in the in papa cap the five last horse i did want to ask your opinion about because i don't think he's got a shot to win but i'm very curious to see how he runs and could very well hit the board at 30 to one the 11 horse steel sunshine and uh, it's a horse who's bred for dirt. Uh, he's a son of Constitution out of an unbridled song mare, bred to go a mile and an eighth, which he did last time out. Um, not bet, 25 to 1, was beaten pretty handily by a horse, Skippy Longstocking, that Safi Joseph is sending to the Wood Memorial Stakes. Uh, but before that was behind in due time in that big race with American Icon and Ironworks. He seems to be progressing okay, but Little Red Feather Racing bought into him after, I believe it was after that uh, last race at a mile and an eighth. And they put him in the Florida Derby here. He only has the one win, and it was going one turn at Gulfstream. I think this horse, it, it, like in the, your try, bottom of your try, bottom of your super, I kind of like this horse. What do you think about him? Um, mm, no. <laughs> Not for me. I got, like, I, I get it. I, I understand where you're coming from. And you, like, you can make the case for this horse making another step forward. The problem is that last, I mean, they went 13 seconds in the last quarter of a mile in the last race. So that that's not good. They're going to be going much faster in this spot. They also blitzed out in 45 seconds flat in that race. So you had wildly fast fractions. Uh, the horse that set the pace ended up finishing last in King Cab. The horse that ran fourth, Little Vic, or second, ended up running fourth in Little Vic. So it kind of set up to make that race look a little better on paper than it necessarily was with the, the pace being so swift and the closers kind of just being able to pick up all the pieces. Uh, Horse Guy Mike brings up something that uh, we touched on on the live show, Mike. So, and I thought you did a great job of explaining it. So I wanted to give you a chance to do it again here. For anybody who missed it, he, uh, Horse Guy Mike's concern is with Classic Causeway is that his trainer won't have him all out before the Kentucky Derby. Because as we said, he's in based on points. He is, no matter what happens, if he doesn't earn a single point here, he's in the Kentucky Derby. So Horse Guy Mike thinks maybe Lynch is using this as an extended work tune-up to keep him in shape. Why do you genuinely, generally disagree with that sentiment, Mike? Well, it's a million-dollar race, right? And, and so you're you're going to this race to try and win this spot. And the, the, the truth in horse racing, the fact of the matter is nothing is guaranteed. We, we're still, I don't know what, basically five weeks out from the first Saturday in May. A lot can happen in five weeks with or without running a race. You've got to ship this horse. You've got to run workouts. You've got chances to pop a fever like White Barrio did a week ago. Like There are a ton of things that can go wrong in horse racing. When you got a shot at a million dollar grade one race that is a major Kentucky Derby prep and you have five weeks to recover that horse, 
you're going to be tuned up for it. Like I, I realize that there are certain spots where maybe you're saying, okay, we're progressing the horse and getting ready to go. But the plan all along was to have this horse run another prep. So it's not like we're, we're inserting a race where we were planning a workout, right? This is, we were planning on running next weekend to Keeneland anyway. So it's like the plan was to run another race. Clearly we're ready now. This race is worth more money. We want to get in here for a million bucks. I expect that, that uh, Classic Cause is going to be tuned up and ready to go. Yeah, that work. Uh, that I mean, he literally has one work out of the Tampa Bay Derby, and he goes forty-seven and two. And Lynch goes like that. He just that's it. We have to put him yeah. in. Like, there's no reason to. It's like what uh, what Fausto Gutierrez did last year with Lachuska, right? He yeah. didn't want to run her every three weeks, but he said if I don't, she's going to hurt herself because she's just too uh, amped up. Also, you mentioned Mike. It's a million dollar race. It's a Grade One race. This is a uh, a son of this is the last crop of Giants Causeway, right? This is like when Scat Daddy died and Justify and Mendelssohn were the last crop. It was like everybody it meant that much more to them. You're getting that, going to get that with Classic Causeway. Those owners are smart. They know you've got a multiple graded stakes winning grade one placed son of Giants Causeway, the last one of his line. You, you're going to make sure that every shot you take is your best one possible. And if you get your grade one win here, even if you don't win the Kentucky Derby, you are so set with this horse. Yeah, I, well, I, I yes, and it's it's one of those horses too where uh, I don't think that the the connections necessarily thought this was going to be a Derby horse from day one, right? And so everything here is gravy in their eyes. They've already won the Tampa Bay Derby. You've already won another prep. Um, you know, this is a homebred horse. Like this is this is the ultimate ride right now. Uh, so why not take why not take a swing and why not why not see what happens? And and like I said, you're going to have this horse ready for the Florida Derby. It's not like it's one thing when you're saying it's the Sam F. Davis, right? Not knocking the Sam F. Davis, but it's a grade three. It's an earlier prep. Like there's First a bunch of different. Layoff, yeah. Yeah. Like it, 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 this is the third off the layoff million dollar race, major prep. We're going to be ready to roll. And by we, I mean the horse I'm picking for second. So. <laughs> That's going to do it for the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to talk about the late pick for all stakes sequence at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, April 2nd. If you are, that's not the right one. If you are planning on playing that, hey, we have the inside track to the Florida Derby wagering guide available for pre-sale right now at RacingDudes.com. It's going to have full in-depth coverage of all 10 stakes races at Gulfstream on Saturday, along with full in-depth coverage of the two, uh, what is it, the Derby and the Oaks preps over at Oaklawn, the Arkansas Derby and the Fantasy Stakes along with the, all of the normal stuff that comes with the guide. So make sure you go check that out. Again, if you are a premium subscriber, you get all of these included for free, as well as you get invited to the exclusive betting tournament challenge that Mike Samuels is going to tell you about before we give out our tickets. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped, man. Uh, we've got the first Racing Dudes Tournament Challenge tomorrow on horsetourneys.com. If you're a subscriber on the site, check out your dashboard. Go to Tournament Challenge, and it'll take you a link directly to the tournament. I'm also going to shoot out an email to all the some of them subscribers, so keep an eye out for your email on that. Um, we've, uh, the Racing Dudes is seeding the pool with $150 in Horse Tourney's site credit, and we'll be live tomorrow uh, talking. I think Magic and I, actually, the two that are doing a live show tomorrow, uh, talking about the tournament from 5 to 6 and going over the Golden Hour Pick 4, so make sure you join us from 5 to 6 tomorrow. Uh, a little Attorney talk. We'll be talking about uh, you know the, the different strategies that you'll have in both pick and pray as well as live tournaments. We go through it. And one thing I'm excited about, I mentioned this a couple times, but it gives you a chance to really see how you stack up in the major tournaments. We're using the same featured race set as going to be used for the NHC qualifier that's on horse players tomorrow, as we're going to use for the 15K cash tournament that's on horse tourneys tomorrow. So you'll be able to see exactly where you stack up against the uh, the, the players that are playing the major tournaments. And I can guarantee that within a week or two of doing this, you know, we got Dr. Tang is in Breeze in. Awesome. Uh, I can already guarantee that one of you is going to hit this thing early when you're a newbie. You're like, oh, this is great. And you are going to get sucked. <laughs> you remember how quickly 
you got sucked into horse racing when well, whoever it was that introduced you, however it happened. Remember how quickly that happened? Yeah, that's going to happen again with this. <laughs> I'm just going to warn you that right now. <laughs> well, I would also argue that you're going to see the, the, the tournament size double and triple in the weeks after we do this, too. Yep. Because the first week we do it, people are like, oh, I didn't know this was happening. How did I get like I missed it? How did I not get in? Right. Um, and so it, I'm guessing we're going to get what, 20 to 30 people for 150 bucks free money there in the top spot um, and five, six tournaments into this we're going to be close to 50 or 70 people and so it's got a lot harder to win so uh get involved in the earlier ones it'll be a good time and it literally is a lot of fun up oh, they're coming for mike. they're coming for you mike i've actually got to go we have a tornado warning oh boy we're out mike you go i'll, I'll wrap up yeah you go all right ahead, i'll mike. see you guys later bye mike <laughs> wow all right well that's that uh Boy, there's lots of t things that have ended this show prematurely or crazy things that have happened. A tornado warning. That's a first for the Magic Mike show. Yeah. Listen, uh, I really didn't thought. I recognized that sound, and I was going to open. That's not what it was. Uh, but, hey, listen, I want to thank everybody for joining us. There's still 40 of you hanging out with me here. So I uh, really appreciate everybody who's joining us. Like Mike said, join that tournament challenge. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Chris, spoiler alert, despite the horse not being entered tomorrow, Mike is picking English B. I thought this was funny. Mike laughed when it popped up. So, uh, that was pretty great. Uh, listen, we got blinkers off. They're going to be coming up here a little bit later tonight, probably four or five central or four, sorry, four to five Pacific time is when they'll be showing up. So, uh, yeah, as Alex says, it's the magic show. So we need to wrap this up and get out of here because things are going, uh, over there. Things are going to happen really quickly. Uh, you never know what kind of crazy soundbite magic's going to pop up on you. Kimmy! I love that one. Always look for an excuse to play that. Hey, listen, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Calhoun. Mike is at SummerBomb18, number one, number eight, corporate modes at racing underscore dudes. Uh, as I mentioned, Blinkers Off will be live later today. Uh, Dudes Who Bet Sports was on earlier today. They talked all about Arkansas Derby and Oakland as well, so make sure you check them out. Mike and I will be back on Monday. Uh, the Tournament Challenge Friday. Oh, and Saturday, of course. We have I talked about we have the inside track to the Florida Derby wagering guide. You guys have probably learned now that whenever we do those wagering guides, we're doing a Racing Dudes live show covering at least the, the like the late pick four sequence of those races. So we're going to be live. It'll be Mike and I on Saturday. The dudes will be at Oakland Park for the Arkansas Derby. So they'll jump in from time to time, I'm sure. But uh, they're going to be there live for that. We're going to have some special guests for the Saturday show as well. Um, it's just a matter of figuring out the timing of when the Florida Derby, the Arkansas Derby, when everything's happening. So if you're following us on Twitter, you'll get all that information. Also, make sure you go to youtube.com slash racing dudes and hit the subscribe button. There's also a little bell. Hit that notification bell. And then that way, whenever we go live with Magic Mike or a live show on Saturday, the Friday tournament shows, you'll get notified whenever we're going live. So you never miss any of the fun antics like, hey, I don't know, tornadoes showing up right in the middle or towards the end of a show. So uh, thanks again, everybody, for uh, for joining me here. Uh, yeah, I answered it here. Appreciate everybody. Uh, we will see you back Saturday, Friday, Monday. We're here all the time. Take care. Hey, podcast listeners, Magic here. Uh, with the craziness that happened there at the end, we forgot to give out the tickets. So uh, I know that for a lot of you, you're listening, you don't get a chance to watch, and you're not listening or writing down as we give out our tickets in real time necessarily, or you appreciate the summary. So that's what I'm here to do. I will go ahead and give out our late pick four tickets, starting with my own. And remember, this is for 50 cents. I'm going one, two, eight with. 27 with 3679 with 237 that is a $36 ticket. Mike's 50 cent ticket 1689 with 27 with 12379 with 27 that's a $40 ticket and pressing his opinion for $5 one with the 7 with 19 with 7 that's $10 in total. Thanks so much for listening everybody. We'll talk to you soon. 
Get the all-inclusive inside track to the 2022 Florida Derby Wagering Guide, featuring in-depth analysis of every single stakes on the card, including the $1 million Florida Derby. Plus, get race-by-race analysis, betting suggestions, and multi-race plays for the entire Gulfstream Park card. As a special bonus, you'll also get in-depth analysis of the $1.25 million Arkansas Derby and the $600 fantasy stakes from Oak Lawn Park. Major prep races for the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks. All wagering guides are included with any monthly subscription to premium picks from the experts at RacingDudes.com. Learn more at RacingDudes.com. And remember, never play a big day without visiting the Racing Dudes first.